Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, baby, go, baby, go, baby, go. Everybody. Welcome, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Dory just picked up her microphone. We are out of the gate here, recording a little earlier than normal. So, guess what? You're not going to hear about the Wednesday appointment with Dr. Beck. You're going to have to stay tuned for that. Because it hasn't happened yet. Right. So, as we were saying last week, please leave your iTunes reviews and check out our Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. And don't forget there's a new spinoff group for people who've already gotten pregnant and had children after infertility. So you can go there and you can talk about all sorts of baby things without making us non-baby folk sad. It's for it's for pregnant or and or yeah. have children. You don't have to have already had Essentially, children. Essentially it's to have had success. You head over yeah. there. Uh, and you can also go to our website, excellentadventure.com. You can, uh, through there, you can find our Patreon page where you can donate to the show. Not my favorite thing, but it's there. You get a lot of content out of us. 
Patreon uh, is there so you can directly I support the show. Dory loves love it. Love it. I love everybody who subscribes to it, and uh, you get extra podcasts. Ten dollars a month, you get one extra half hour podcast for twenty five and up. You get two extra half hour podcasts, and listen, they're a half hour sometimes. Sometimes they're thirty five minutes. I think I think once they hit forty. Yeah, I know. So you're getting a lot of bang for your ten buck. Uh, you can also email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail and Matt and Dory at Gmail dot com. And the phone number, of course, is four one three four six one baby. Dory, we have an update. There was an article slash segment on NPR today about antidepressants during pregnancy. It's true. And you say you've summarized it here with a quote. I have. The bottom line. She says, is that the findings suggest that women who need treatment for these disorders don't need to stop taking these medications during pregnancy. Yep. Big answer to a question we've been wondering. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have written in asking us about Wellbutrin, about uh, Prozac, about everything. And uh, so far, this is the answer from NPR. So check out that article. If you haven't seen it already, check out the segment. It will be, we'll put it in the... um resources tab on the Excellent website and i'll also add it to the show notes this week and according to dory there's a big article in new york mag about pgs testing that is very skeptical of it indeed dory's going to talk to dr beck about it on I, Wednesday. I don't i don't know what to make about, about this article what i didn't love about it is it you know it opens with an anecdote about a woman who had a baby from an embryo that was quote unquote abnormal at age like 44 or something. Yeah. And I feel like it it is so easy to generalize from these outliers, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to be the experience of the vast majority of people. You know, I think I know what you're saying. So I feel, I don't know. I feel torn. Also the article does point out that the, that the latest, version of PGS testing. It used to be, they would say your embryo was normal or abnormal. Now there's a kind of like a third option, like a gray area where it's mosaic and it's like, it's a little abnormal, Mm -hmm. but they don't know exactly what that means. And so we have an embryo that is mosaic. Yes, we do. And it is still frozen. But when I've when I've asked Dr. Beck about it, she, she's been like, I wouldn't transfer that embryo. But maybe I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we could transfer that embryo, you know? I mean, it's a big, uh, it's a big time suck, you know, to try an embryo that might not work. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, all embryos might not work. So right. it's no bigger a time suck than putting a quote unquote normal embryo in. Yeah. But it is something we should discuss with Dr. Beck. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Oh boy. It's a lot 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 to wrap your head around. I don't know. There is a lot. You don't hear an echo from me, do you? I'd like to, but I don't. Okay. Maybe that's your internal head. It might be. Where is this noise canceling on on your headphones? These have noise canceling? Flick the switch on the side. Oh. Uh, is there an echo now? That's so much better. Uh-huh. I don't, there's not as much of an echo. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Cool. I didn't even know there was noise canceling on these headphones. That's why I sleep with them. Whoa. Yeah, just turn that on and sleep to silence. You're blowing my mind. Or at least mind. try to if I'm not having a panic attack. Oh. Um, 
Do you want to talk about your panic attack? Not really. Okay. There's not a lot to discuss yet. All right. <laughs> Can't really discuss why I'm having panic attacks. I thought Matt had the flu, but then I realized today it was probably a panic attack. Yeah. Which I've never really had before. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a lot going on over here in Myra, Shafrira Town. Shafrira Town. Shafrira Town. This is Shafrira Bow Town. Anyway, we'll elaborate more in the in the near future. Uh, this is from... Uh, is, am I jumping into the email too early? I feel like I might be. Um, well, you know, there was something I realized I wanted to mention from... Uh, that happened last week. Yeah, mm. what's that? So, if you recall, last time I went to get my meds, I was told by insurance that I had to order them through Freedom Fertility. Okay. I don't recall that, but go ahead. Remember the whole thing where they didn't get delivered from FedEx? Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. So that was because they were getting mail ordered from Freedom Fertility. That's Bo licking the microphone. You know, that's very unsanitary. Well, you know, he wasn't licking the microphone. He was licking a hand, actually. Uh, that's Bo shaking it off. <laughs> The Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off, could be like Bo's anthem. Yeah, I guess so. It's a fun song. He loves to shake it off. He does. He really does, which is a sign of, what did they say? At the Anxiety. Anxiety. That's our Bo. There you go. Now he's sitting. Okay. Good boy. Um. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get ahead of the game, uh-huh. and I'm going to get my estrogen patches for my like, FET cycle ordered like way ahead of time yes and so Seema called in the prescription blah 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 then freedom calls me to like make sure they have all my information mm-hmm. um and then i get a call from them the next day and they're like your insurance won't cover um the prescription from us they say you have to fill it at a local specialty pharmacy <laughs> like an mdr <laughs> yes wow it's like it's like the rules of the game just change constantly. It's like they're like, hmm, how could we change things to make life more difficult? It, it does feel like they're out to get everybody annoyed. Not really to get everybody, but certainly out to get everybody annoyed. They're like, hmm, let's make everything 10 times more complicated than it needs to be. I think that's the beauty of the American healthcare system. Is it just America, though? I mean, like, we hear, even in these other countries that have single-payer, like, like they don't seem too thrilled with the way things operate either. Yeah. Maybe there's no great medical system out there. If only no one ever got sick. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah. If we all just uh, assimilated into Borgs. Well, if this new health care bill passes... Uh, no one will be allowed to get sick anymore. Yeah, I think that's really the best thing we could do. So. Don't forget to call your local representative uh, and let them know. Hopefully by the time this airs, this will have been resolved, but who knows. Well, um, I hope so as well. So anyway, so I called MDR, had Freedom send over the prescription, and then MDR was like, called me back, and they were like, your insurance will only cover one box of patches. How many boxes do we need? Well, I thought we would need two. Uh-huh. But it's p- 
possible we will only need one since Dr. Beck has postponed yes. the beginning of my estrogen patches. That's true. So when I get the protocol on Wednesday, we're recording this on Monday, everybody. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Um, when I get the protocol, I will be able to figure out if I need the one or the or the two. Beauregard Bosch is very antsy tonight. Should hi, Bo. I, should I make him a Kong or something? Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Say hi. Ew. No one wants to hear that. It's Bo. They love Bo. Hi, Bo. Oh, well. He is antsy. He's mm-hmm. super antsy. I took him out. I took him out when I got home. You know, I think he was, you know, he was so helpful during my panic attack. He was so helpful. He just wouldn't stop licking Matt. He was like, I had the, I got, better. I got the chills. I was playing uh, Arkham after, you know, dealing with all the podcasts on Sunday nights. I am up pretty late, uh, editing and, um, putting up star trek and uh, excellent because if i don't know if you guys are subscribed to, but if you do subscribe to both you probably notice that they pop up within a minute of each other usually that's because i'm up i'm up doing that so i did that and it was a little earlier than normal so i decided i would just try to shut the world down by playing arkham knight for the umpteenth time uh and then i just started getting cold and i started shivering and then I just started uncontrollably shivering. And, and then I just was like freaking out of like, where's my phone? I can't find my phone. And I'm like trying to do the find my phone thing on my iPad. And I was shaking so much that I couldn't hit the things. And, um, you know, I, uh, I managed to get it off. And then I heard it go off. And it was in the kitchen. I found it. And I just like threw it on the bed and like, crawled into bed it was so cold he was like clinging on to me i was like shivering and then and then Bo came up on dory's side of the bed and climbed over dory and was like licking my face (laughs) and he's so warm so then matt got down on the floor with Bo and laid down with him for a while because Bo was warm Bo was warmer than dory and finally i was like you have to come to bed now being so weird come to bed is what she made me do (laughs) so i was like okay even though Bo had finally like relaxed and we were both sleeping and i was like oh no matt's getting sick he has the flu because i remember getting the flu and having chills and then today i was like maybe that was a panic attack and then i googled what are the symptoms of a panic attack yeah and I sent them to Matt and he was like, oh. I thought I was just getting sick because I'd been working a lot. Uh, I mean, probably, honestly, I've had to do something for probably the last 25 days in a row. I've had to like do some sort of work. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and this weekend, you know, I did a podcast very early in the morning and then I went and had to go to Burbank to write the new season of Sidekick. Uh, and then, you know, the next day was Sidekick. Uh, and then I we came home and I did the podcast with Dory. And I had to still, I put up the Star Trek podcast that Andy and I had recorded during the week last week. And then there was like all sorts of futzing. And, you know, it even came, we did a sketch at the beginning of Star Trek this week with like all the sound design. And I, cut it all together 
with sound effects and everything like that. And I sent it to Andy and then he was like, Hey, I want to like tighten up the thing. And I was like, sure, go ahead. It was rough anyway. Go ahead. And then I was like, just get it done by six. And then of course it wasn't done by six. And then I put it on there and then I uploaded it last night. And then this morning I got up and this podcast, we heard some people uh, in the Facebook group say that this podcast sounded quiet it's because I hadn't output it through the normalization process. And I was, I just thought we were loud enough that it would be like, Oh, I can get by just doing this one export. And then it didn't, you know, when she said that to me this morning, I was already dealing with redoing star Trek. And then during the day today, Andy was like, I was driving into work and he was like, Hey, there's like 20 seconds of silence between the sketch and the start of the show. And I was just like, no, I'm done. I'm done with that podcast. I don't want to put it up. And then I just I just re-uploaded it. So if you're one of those first 10,000 people that downloaded the episode, the sketch is there now without that 20 seconds of silence. Anyway, a lot of work, a lot of busyness, and I thought maybe I was getting sick, but Dory says, like, no, it was a panic attack. So that's that's where we're at right now. Well, because now. then I was like, do you feel sick? And you were like, I have a little bit of a headache, but you yeah. definitely didn't have, like, the flu. And then I was like... Hmm. I've had a headache all day, though. It's been a it's been a constant headache. Well, I think you are extremely stressed right now. Yeah. So, yeah. and you refuse to take anything for headaches. That's true. I don't like to put drugs in my body, guys. My body's a temple, and I'll abuse it with. Uh, More like a temple of doom. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I abuse it with uh, food and cigarettes. <laughs> anyway <sighs> but i won't take advil <laughs> so there we go that's the update from the from the from the from the homestead how what do you how you feel about uh, email situations i feel good about that. all right let's go we got a lot of great emails in like the 24 hours since less than 24 hours since we posted the episode and thank you all for uh, dealing with the quietness of the episode it really does bother me when people aren't happy with the show uh, i don't you know when they're not happy with the content of the show i don't care as much mm-hmm. because that's sort of done and you can't really do anything about the content you could cut some stuff out or whatever but when it's like the actual quality of the audio or something it's annoying to me because it's something that i can probably fix yeah which i hope i did uh, this is from Kelsey and Jeff. Hi, Dory and Matt. Our names are Kelsey and Jeff. Jeff has been listening to the podcast from the start, and Kelsey is catching up now. We've been married for a little over a year. We decided we want to have kids, but we're not going to start trying until next spring. Kelsey has Hashimoto. Uh, Hashimoto thyroid. I don't know why I stopped reading at Hashimoto, but I assume we all are aware. So uh, we're prepared for this to take a while. Is there anything you guys wish you had done before you started trying to conceive? It can be baby or non-baby related. Uh, you know, I've had... This is a... Uh, should I just read the rest and then we'll go to this? Also, we're spending a few days in SoCal next month. We're going to Joshua Tree and a few days at Disneyland. Our honeymoon was at Disney World. And a few days in ventura are there any breakfast places in ventura you guys would recommend good luck on your ivf journey kelsey and jeff 
you know, there's that little strip on Inventura, that Main Street, that has a lot of fun little things, little antique shops, little uh, oh yeah, fifties kitsch shops, uh, some barbecue, a Starbucks. I don't know why I brought up the Starbucks, but we tend to stop at that Starbucks. I've used the bathroom in that Starbucks. Yeah, um, it's a cute town, and I think all the food's fine. There's nothing blowing my mind right now. Yeah, nothing comes to but mind. But if someone you know wants to email this month and say, no, there's this place inventory you dum dums have to go to. Yeah, and make sure you say you dum-dums. But you're going to be close to Ojai. What's yeah. the city next to Ojai? The city next to Ojai? That's always Christmassy? Solving? No. No. I don't know. Anyway, there's a place, just Google this, there's a breakfast burrito that's in a liquor store. Okay. And it's in this little town. All right. Remember we stopped there? <sighs> anyway, it's no. in a liquor store and the breakfast burrito was like super highly rated. So I went and I ate it and it was delicious. So that's my Oh, Carpentiera. Carpentiera. There you go. Carpentera. 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 Carpent, carpentry land. Yes. Because uh, we drove from Santa Barbara down. Down. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. right next to Ventura. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So back to the thing. Is there anything you guys wish you had done before you started trying to conceive? It can be baby or non-baby related. Hmm. I mean, I feel like we started trying like before we got married. I know. You know, and I said this, I've said this to Dory before. I probably said it on the podcast, but like, I'm a little annoyed at Dory for being older than me because she's had more uh, life without uh, kids or trying to have kids. And I, I'm a little uh, jealous of the uh, six years of life you had without trying to have children. Mm. So there's that. Well, you know, you could have married someone six years younger than you. Uh, yeah, I could have. Sure. But I'm not, instead, listen, I'm not unhappy. You get all the I, benefits of being with, a, with an older lady. Yeah. So many benefits. So many benefits. Um, but I mean, what do I, I just, you know, what would I have done with that time? I would have just dicked around more, yeah. you know, traveled more. Um, you, but you know what you 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 like resist going to new places and then you go to the new places and you love them uh well not really oh well, i guess so i'm not like because i'm like oh, seattle i don't love seattle but iceland i had been there before paris, iceland and paris. yeah the end hawaii Kauai. Kauai. You love Kauai. I also, I feel like we could go back to the Big Island and you would enjoy it. We just didn't do it right. Well, only time will tell. Yeah. So that's our answer. Travel. Yeah. There we go. So guys, get out there. Travel. Maybe go to Tokyo Disney. You guys seem to be big fans of Disney. Shanghai Disney is actually the most advanced of their parks. So. I thought Disneyland Paris was weird. I loved it. It was, I liked it. I liked its weirdness. It's it was small. It was weird. Dead. Yeah, it was dead. Um... You know, it was just like, it was like you're, it was like you were in a memory of Disney. Yeah, totally. Where you're just like, I remember this. Yeah. Oh, is that how it is? But yeah, that's how I remember it. That was what it was like. Uh, it's from Katie. Dory, like you, I have ranted before about how it seems so unfair that there are babies being born into a world of very young mothers in tough situations involving drugs. We've had multiple losses uh, ectopics, blah, blah, blah. But 
chose to pursue adoption instead of IVF. We were presented with the case of a baby boy born exposed to heroin, cocaine, meth, Xanax, and other, uh, oh, sorry, and more. And after careful consideration and cons- con- and consults with neuro- neonatalologists mm-hmm. and pediatricians, we picked him up a week later. Now, 18 months later, he's the smartest, happiest toddler you can imagine. We have him evaluated every six months, and he's ahead of uh, in every milestone. He fills our lives with so much joy, and without his tough beginning, he would have never been ours. Unfortunately, Aww. his birth mother is not interested in contact, but I think of her often. Friends often ask if I'm mad at her for making bad choices, and without sounding too woo-woo religious, I'm just grateful to her for creating our darling son and hope she's doing well for his sake anyway i just wanted to agree with your therapist that this is not a zero-sum type situation i've met a community of people who have adopted babies born exposed to various substances and while there are challenges all of those families have been blessed gosh i hate that word parenthetical uh to have these additions to their families thanks for all you do that was nice that's a good way to look at it yep i'm very happy that your baby boy is so advanced. <laughs> so much smarter than other babies. You hear that, other babies? You're slacking. It's from Alyssa. That husband and wife who had pre-eclampsia really does need to chill. <laughs> <laughs> because he is a likely cause of his wife's preeclampsia. How about that? Colon P. That's tongue out. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, was just tell- I was just listening to an interesting podcast, Rough Translation American Surrogate, about a woman who had lost a baby because of preeclampsia using a surrogate, and then the surrogate went on to also develop preeclampsia. What? Then they were told that recent studies have linked preeclampsia to the father's gene. So what? suggesting... To use a surrogate won't necessarily be a good solution for the woman either. Oh, my God. And the dude should definitely chill because he's not only asking his wife to take on a terrible risk, but he's possibly the problem in the equation. Preeclampsia is a really serious complication and isn't, isn't to be taken lightly. So, essentially, this reader is agreeing with me. Yes. Uh, we actually got several emails about this. Did, situation did, did we all find that matt was uh matt was correct his ranting this yes <laughs> in fact some people like were basically like you guys could have gone farther <laughs> oh yeah essentially Good. um all right this is from jessica uh she says hi matt and dory i'm listening to episode 51 i had to pause to write you this email after hearing about jarina's friend whose husband wants more kids after a preeclampsia gestational diabetes while I didn't have IVF, I did struggle with fertility and ended up getting pregnant on my first IUI with twins. They were born... There's a lot happening across from me right now involving... Hi, Bo. Beauregard Bosch. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Oh, boy. Okay. You know, when you when you move the mic so much, it makes a lot of noise. I know, but this, this guy is, like, really going to town. Ew. This is gross. No one needs this. Bo... I'm sorry, bud. You gotta, you gotta relax. Bo, off. Bo, come on, off. Bo, get down, down, down. 
just sit, relax, buddy. I know it's Monday night. We should be hanging out, but we're podcasting. Okay. All right. Um, twins were born at 27 weeks due to my developing preeclampsia, which turned into a rare disorder called HELP syndrome. The huh. only cure for HELP, that's H-E-L-L-P, uh-huh. is delivery. So we had an emergency C-section. I also had another rare HELP complication where my liver essentially exploded. Ah. I had a 13-centimeter gash in my liver. I distinctly remember that while the OB was doing my C-section, she announced to the room that she saw bleeding in my belly. I didn't get to see my kids for five days after they were born because wow. I was in the ICU due to my liver complication, and I stayed another week after. Plus, I got eight weeks disability to recover. This is all in addition to my maternity leave. Thank goodness. <clears throat> my girls were in the NICU for about three months, but this was two years ago, and we're all doing amazingly well these days. However, oh boy, I was also told by every doctor I saw my OB precap practice and my OB practice that my preeclampsia, that preeclampsia and help very often happen with subsequent pregnancies. Mm. And while no one would come right out and say no more babies, every single medical professional I spoke to strongly suggested I steer clear. One doctor hilariously patted me on the arm and shouted, use condoms as she walked out of my hospital room. (laughs) Thankfully, my husband is also on team. No more babies and is incredibly supportive in every way. We were lucky that we all survived. I think Jarena should tell her friend to have a serious chat with her husband to ask hard questions like, would you rather have me to raise kids with or have another kid to raise on your own after I die in childbirth? Yeah. Also, Jarena's email didn't even touch on the worst side effect of all of this. What is it? Which is PTSD. Oh, yeah, sure. It's like postpartum depression times a thousand. I was scared for so long that I wouldn't be able to get pregnant, and now I'm scared that I will. I imagine her friend likely has some of the same issues, and it makes me so sad that her husband doesn't notice or see that. It also bothers me that the clinic wouldn't think of that as well. Anyway, I hope I don't scare every listener with my traumatic birth story, and I love listening to you every week. I recommend you to my fertility friends all the time. Say rough to bow for me. Bo's been saying rough enough tonight. He's been pretty rough tonight. Um, yeah. So, you know, there've been a bunch of big stories lately. Um, the New York times did one NPR did one ProPublica did one about, um, how the U S has like the highest mortality rate for, um, mothers who die in childbirth in, in like the Western world. It's because we don't do abortions as much as we should. No. Um, and it's especially high in Texas. Um, and it's, you're sure there's no correlation. Whatever. I don't know. Okay. Um, the point is that doctors often don't recognize the symptoms of preeclampsia until it's too late. Okay. And, um, they think that like they'll see a woman who just gave birth. They'll see like her blood pressure rising like crazy. And they're just like, Oh, it's just from like giving birth. Uh huh. But not realizing that it's actually not realizing that it's actually much more severe. And actually, California implemented all these um, new guidelines to help doctors recognize the symptoms of preeclampsia and HELP syndrome. And California's um, mother mortality rate has gone way down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, this is what um, I think. What was her name? Sophie on Downton Abbey. That's what she died of. In childbirth. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Downton Abbey. It was Abbey. in like season two. I know, but the slot machines have just come out, so. There's not Downton Abbey slot machines. Yes, there are. No. Yeah. What? And they're the size of the Game of Thrones ones. The big, no. The big tall ones. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you're into slots now, huh? Oh. <laughs> you didn't tell me they were Downton Abbey slot machines. <laughs> Honey, they got they got a flavor for every taste. That is wild. Anyway, it's very serious. So, uh, yeah, they should be taking it seriously. I agree. And I'm, I hope that this uh, podcast raises awareness for such things. I hope so, too. Um, we once published an essay on BuzzFeed.com, the website, about help a woman who had help syndrome. BuzzFeed.com, the website, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The internet website. Mm, that's yep. good. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Cool. Because that's where you get water bottles. Oh, my God. Should I tell that story? You did say it was a good podcast story. Uh, I think if you want to tell it, you should tell it. Oh my God. (laughs) So I take this bar class on Sunday mornings. I try to go every week. Uh, those of you who are listening and don't know what a bar class is, apparently people work out with bars. Like ballet bars. Okay. Um, because I mm. didn't know what it was until Dory came along. So... There was this woman in the class last week that, who I noticed because she was very intense and like she had like a perfect muscular skinny body, but like aggressively skinny and muscular. And she had a lot, she had like her hair in like a long blonde braid and she was wearing like just a sports bra crop top yeah, and like she had a six pack, like she was like stacked and she stood in the front and she just like stared at herself in the mirror and was like, had this sort of like aggressive look on her face. And I was just like, Oh my God, that woman's scary. And in fact, last week I'd run into a friend at this class and we were walking out together afterwards and I was like, dude, that woman in the class, she's like scary. And my mm. friend was like, I know, I see her here. And I'm like, she's, I'm like intimidated by her. Anyway, my friend wasn't there yesterday, but I was there and the intimidating woman was there. And when we went over to the bar, I noticed I was like sort of catty corner to her. And I noticed she had a water bottle that had a sticker on it that said, fuck off. And I was like, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, an, an enormous, a, sticker. a huge sticker covering like the whole one whole side of the water bottle that said fuck off Yeah, with sort of like, like decorative, decorative, like, yeah, it was a lovely uh, graphic design on the fuck off sticker, <laughs> but it said fuck off in big letters. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to tell Nancy about this. Like, this is hilarious. Uh, this woman who gave off that vibe anyway, exactly. Has, has this bottle that says <laughs> this fuck bottle off. That says it. fuck off. Like how perfect. So we're doing our exercises, blah, blah. blah and I keep just sort of like looking at this water bottle because I just can't believe that someone would have a sticker that says fuck off on a water bottle. And then finally I, I look at it and I'm like, huh, I saw like a little line of white Mm -hmm. under the sticker. I was like, huh. And what kind of water bottle was this? And then a glass water bottle, glass water bottle with like a rubber, you know, coating some insulation. Yeah. Outside and a, and a, and a, um, lid that twists on with a little sort of handle at the top. Right. Um, and so then I'm like, Oh wait, that water bottle's red. And then I was like, wait a second. That's a Buzzfeed water bottle. Oh boy. And I was like, wait a second. I lost my BuzzFeed water bottle. What? Right around the time of last week's bar class. Oh, my God. 
And then I was like, that's my fucking water bottle. That's crazy. And then I was like, and the handle's broken. Just like Dory's handle. What? Your handle was broken on your water bottle. And this. No. Oh, no. I didn't. She broke it? No, 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 no. I couldn't tell if her handle, if that handle was broken, but I was thinking the handle on my water bottle is broken. And that's how I'll know if that is truly yeah. my water. I was, I was like, this is definitely my water bottle, but that is like really how I'll There's know. a slight chance that she There's also slight, worked at BuzzFeed. Right. Even though <laughs> she's not really, the, she doesn't really seem like the BuzzFeed type. Sure. Um, so this is like the last 15 minutes of class at this point. Like my mind is racing. I'm like, what do I do? Do I say something to this like hugely intimidating woman about her fuck off water bottle with the sticker covering the Buzzfeed logo? Mm. Like she, it, it's like she, she took it and then is deliberately covering it up with a sticker that says fuck off. Does she hate Buzzfeed? Does she just like want this water bottle and didn't want anyone to see that it was, but like, I was just like, what is happening? So then after class, and then I was like, okay, well, if I don't say something, I'm going to be really upset about this free water bottle that I got from Buzzfeed. Um, so I went up to her and I was like, Hey, is that a Buzzfeed water bottle? And she just like looked at me like deer in headlights and was like, it's a water bottle. (laughs) She literally said it's a water bottle. And she had a faint accent of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I said, huh, um, is the handle broken? And that's when she knew I had her. Sherlock Holmes over here. Uh-huh. And she's like, uh, uh, and I was like, I, I think that that's my water bottle. Um, and she was like, Oh, like she didn't say anything. Mm. And then I just go, do you mind if I take it back? And she was like, and suddenly she just, she was like, Oh no, of course not. But like in a way that you could tell she was thinking like this fucking bitch. Was she like one of the trainers at the, at the, at our old gym? She looked familiar? No. Okay. I don't think she has enough social skills to be a trainer. I've met a lot of trainers and uh, sometimes they don't have social skills. That's true. So. So it's possible she's a trainer. Um, and I took my water bottle and I left and now, and, and, and it, it, it just, it, it, it has a sticker on it that says fuck off. It's crazy. <laughs> so crazy where do you even get such a sticker i don't know what i would do i don't know if i just let it go or i don't know i really don't know what i would do i'd have to be really put in that situation to be like do i say something or not i know i all i i i couldn't it took me i was like debating internally what i should do like i was like this person seems like she has a lot of inner turmoil and Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. and maybe i should just let her keep the water bottle with the fuck off sticker yeah. and just call it a day. Are you going to keep the fuck off sticker? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, you know, I, I will feel weird if I never say anything. Right. 
You don't want to let it get away. I didn't. I just, you know, I didn't want. And I, I also kind of wanted to see what her reaction was going to be. Totally. Like it was kind of out of curiosity. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't like rip you in half. Or I know. I was like, she might like chop my head off. Anyway, well, listen, so that that's, was story story. That's that what I happened. She should have told on the po- last week's podcast, but you got it out of her now. You sure did. So that's, that's that. And now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel. Thank you. We got an email coming in hot. Yeah. So um, remember last week I was talking about how, God willing, I will have a two week wait coming up. 
We all hope so, yes. And you were like, what are you going to binge during your two-week wait? Yes. And I was like, I want to binge Victoria. I'm saying we should really binge American Vandal. I really want to watch that program. What is American Vandal? It's the Funny or Die true crime series on Oh, Netflix. yeah. Wait, is that on yet? It came out Friday. It did? Yeah. Why are we watching it right now? We're recording a podcast. And the uh, answer to why we weren't watching it yesterday was we were recording a podcast. Oh. And the answer to why we weren't watching it on Saturday was I was recording a podcast. You know, we're creating so much content. We don't have time to consume content. That's right. You got yourself uh, one week from uh, Wednesday. I guess it's this Wednesday, the season premiere of The Goldbergs. Oh, my God. On ABC, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. You you tune in. You you watch an episode. It's fun for the whole family. Uh, This episode is uh, Weird Science. Ooh. Yep, they're gonna they're gonna try to weird science up a girlfriend for Barry. Oh, that's fun. Yep. Did you guys watch the movie before you wrote the episode? Uh, we'd all seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you'd have like a like a writers' room communal viewing thing. We watched some scenes here and there. Oh, yeah, that's when fun. we had to like do it, and also look out for a fun cameo. We have playing a science teacher, the real, um, Gary. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. I know. Have you guys ever done a mannequin episode? No. Listen, don't. I wouldn't put it out of the question. We have another Okay. We have another 50 episodes to write, so. I feel like that movie doesn't actually hold up. No, of course not. It's very problematic. But also Mannequin 2 is the one to go with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Noted. Um all right. Well, this email is from Becca and she says re uh, Victoria. Mm-hmm. It's not a good, it's not as good as the crown, but it gets better as it goes along. Okay. And I'm sure a million people will be telling you this, but I would be cautious. Oh no. Though the season ends with a pregnancy and birth storyline, not safe for a two week wait or anyone struggling with infertility. Oh, interesting. Good, good red flag. Spoiler alert. Victoria had nine children and That's was true. known as the grandmother of Europe because so many Royal families were related to her children. Wow. Or I think she means we're wed. She wrote, were we to her children? Maybe she, I think she meant we're wed to her, her children. Wow. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, and then she says, have you watched Younger? It's not great, but I love Sutton Foster and it's a good rom-com. While people have older kids, no one is pregnant. Yours, Becca. I did watch four episodes of Younger on the last flight I took. Oh, okay. So I've sort of pre-binged it. Okay. How do you feel? Um, like something you can get into? The first episode was a little racist, but then it doesn't seem to be racist subsequently. Um... Yeah, I could get into it. You know, the premise of it is kind of like right up my alley. Yeah, I mean, that's your story of your life. I mean, how you lied to BuzzFeed and said you were 22 when you started working there. Honey, don't tell me. I'm everyone. sorry, BuzzFeed. Um, yeah, I do enjoy Sutton Foster. I do enjoy Debbie Mazar. Yeah. Um, Hillary Duff is fine. Bunhead Sutton Foster. Yeah, you know, I could binge Bunheads, but there's only one season. I know. Only the magnificent Mazel Mazel. Oh yeah, I want to watch that. Is that uh, out yet? That's no, not out no, yet. No, no. It's not going to be out for a while. Kevin's in a lot of it. Really? Kevin Pollock. Yeah. I'm excited for that show. You should be. Of course, it's Amy. It's a. It's like 
ASP. It's like glamorous Jewish woman. Did you ever watch Gilmore Girls? No. You got seven fucking seasons of that. To I get could into. watch Gilmore Girls. It's the best. I Love do. I show. kind of also want to watch The Good Wife. People tell me I would enjoy yep, that. Now there's The Good Fight. I know. On CBS All Access. I know. So much to watch. So much to Star watch. Star Trek Discovery's coming on CBS All Access. So much to watch. I probably won't binge that. Yeah, because, I understand. But I bet you will. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and this is from Caitlin. And she says, I just finished the latest episode of the podcast in which you ponder what shows you want to watch during your upcoming two-week wait. And I have to loudly and enthusiastically endorse RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, sure. For your binging pleasure. After enjoying the first few seasons, but eventually getting lazy about watching, I rediscovered my love for Drag Race in the aftermath of the presidential election when I was feeling depressed and desperate for distraction from the news. Apparently, John Oliver did the same thing, so I guess I'm in good company. I was thrilled to find several seasons streaming online, and my husband and I have been completely hooked ever since. I believe you can find episodes streaming on Hulu and possibly Amazon Prime. At the very least, I know Logo has a few seasons on their website. I'm not normally a reality TV person, but my God, Dory, this show has it all. Makeup, fashion, drama, dick jokes. Oh, you might enjoy it then. Uh, I've seen uh, Drag Race. It's a fucking great show. Not to mention some genuinely emotional moments and the knowledge that by watching, you're supporting some truly talented artists in the gay community. I hope this show can provide some laughter and much needed distraction following your transfer. As things start to ramp up again with your IVF journey, I'm keeping you in my thoughts and wish you and Matt the very best. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, And she says, if you guys are ever in Denver, I'll buy you a beer. Okay, but take me to Bojo's and get me some pizza. What's Bojo's? It's a it's a Colorado pizza chain. It has very good crust that you dip into honey. Oh wow! Yeah, sounds intense. Bojo's. Um, all right. Would you like to read the next? Email? Sure. This is from Christine. Hi, Dory, Matt, and Bo. I often hear you answer questions about medications and refer people to their doctors to get specific information, but I don't think I've ever heard you tell people that they can also speak to a pharmacist. Since pharmacists are specially trained in medications, they often know which medications are safe to take during pregnancy and in which doses and can spot potential harmful drug interactions. While doctors do learn about medications during their education, it's not their primary focus and they may not always be up to date on the latest information or might not remember with everything else they have to focus on. Asking a pharmacist is like seeing a specialist who focuses on one body part or one area of study. Just wanted to point out that pharmacists can also be a great resource for, medica- med- for medication questions. Disclaimer, I'm not a pharmacist, but I do have an acquaintance who is. And that was always something she reminded me to tell people. That's, that's Christine's advice right there. Great advice. I honestly thought my brain was shutting down while I was reading that. Like, I, th- I really felt like I was mid-stroke. Oh, no. Yeah. I hope you're not having another panic attack. I hope I'm not, too. If I do on the podcast, it'll be great radio. <sighs> deep breaths, honey. Deep breaths. Yeah. I got to tell you, right now, there's an email staring at me in the face that is the longest email we've ever received. You say that every week. No, but this is three full pages. Oh, it is? Two. One, two, three. Hang on. Does it go on to a fourth page? It does go on to a fourth really? page. I... Oh, I know which one that is. And I actually cut out a paragraph because I was like, oh, this is long. Um, you know what? I'm going to play voicemail first. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It is. I mean, the content's good. It's really good content. It's also, it's basically two separate emails. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anyway, I'm going to play this voicemail. Sure. Hi, Matt and Nori. It's Laura, uh, the lady with weight problems. Um, not much updating there. I, like I am off soda for now two months. Yes, good. So that's been great. Uh, but I just listened to the episode. I'm like sort of in the middle. I like, I, I immediately had to stop and, and make this phone call. We're getting it a lot lately. It's just mm-hmm. in my area of expertise. But uh, yeah, so I work for the insurance company. Huh. And I'm not in claims. I actually despise claims. Anytime a call comes in about claims, I want to crawl into a hole and just, you know, hide there forever. Mm-hmm. So whenever the whenever Dory says that she was partially approved, there are service lines on the authorization. So every service line is for each procedure, say the PCS ethic is its own CPT code. And then um, whatever the next thing was, each, each thing, each procedure, everything has its own CPT code and individually listed on an authorization. On the same authorization, there could be 10 service lines and five of those could be approved. And five of those could be denied, like PTS testing wasn't covered by insurance. Hmm. So that's what the partially approved means. Now, the EOB, the explanation of benefits, that lists every single thing that was done, like every single thing the doctor did, and that lists the market price, is what I call it, and then the contracted rate. Now, in Commercial insurances, I think it's called negotiated, but I always refer to it as the contracted. So that's what the that's what the thirteen thousand dollar discount was from the surgery center. Huh. That was the negotiated rate that the surgery center had with Dory's insurance. So I hope that was a little bit clarifying. I'm on my way to work, and I'm just thinking, you know. I want to do a little good for them today. So hopefully this wasn't very convoluted. <laughs> Thank you, I Laura. hope everything goes well on Wednesday. Hope you are able to start the estrogen and the fibroids stay small. Have a good day. That's, that was a great call. Yeah. That was a pertinent call. It was a very pertinent call. I, you know, I also got a... Um, a Twitter DM from Yo, someone. someone slid into your DMs? Someone slid into... At Excellent Pods DMs. Oh, at Excellent Pod, the Twitter account you should be following if you're not already. Get over there and follow it. Um, we had about 30 of you agree to do so in the first day with which I asked, but uh, I'd like to see some more people asking. Anyway, I'd rather follow. So, it. this person, this listener, slid into our DMs and said, Listening to today's pod, I work for an insurance company, and that email does sound like they're going to cover the procedures you had approved, even though it was out of network. Yay, you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there we go. That's great news. Yay, us. All right, here's an email. This is a big email. And this is from Kate T. Katie. Katie is from Massachusetts. She says hello from there. Going to break this email down. Are you sure you can handle this old email? We're going to find out together. And if I can handle it, Look out, world. Uh, I'm going to break this email down into two parts, a response to a previous email, and then a question about my own infertility challenge. I like someone who lays it out. First, and in reference to Natasha's email from episode 51 regarding advice for her with her struggle with having infertility and making a baby uh, on... and making having making a baby on her mind constantly. 
I am a therapist, and in my practice, I specialize in working with women and couples who are dealing with all aspects of infertility and alternative family building. As any of us who are facing these challenges know, it is all-consuming, and Natasha is not alone. Dory, you really knocked it out of the park with your advice to her. Yes! It is so important to have both a distraction or time away from all the things, infertility, or baby, and to be giving yourself the time and space to process, talk about, and feel the feelings that are associated with this battle. Yes. The advice I give not only to my clients but in my practice, but also try to practice myself during my own infertility struggle, is to do your best to find things to have some balance with the two. This is someone hawked to punctuate your email. <laughs> this is obviously way easier Honey, said than done. She said I knocked it out of the park. I know. I I looked at you to see how big your smile would be. It was much bigger than I even expected. <laughs> Some techniques that have been helpful for me and my clients. Here we go. Create a master list of distractions. This can be movies, TV, house projects, cleaning to dos, work projects, people you are you've been meaning to catch up with, places you've been wanting to visit etc. Make a giant list and refer to it if you are feeling overwhelmed or all consumed with fertility related stuff. I am going to do this. I I love making a master list. I made quote house project list during my last IVF cycle and now have a completely cleaned out spare bedroom and shed. No baby from this cycle, but every time I walk by either place in our home, I feel like I had some control and that at least one good thing came out of all of the madness. Well, you know, did you notice that I uh, busted out the label maker recently? Yeah, I did notice that. And I... It was my Christmas present to you? Yep. And I labeled... Not your only Christmas present to me, but it was well, one of Well, it was of one them. of the many. Um, it was a stocking stuffer, really. And I labeled... Like I organized some of my clothes and labeled like where I I divided my pants into piles. So I have a pile of like skinny jeans. And, she loves a pants pile, this girl. And then I labeled like this is where tank tops go. This mm-hmm. is where long sleeve shirts go. And I was like, oh, this is satisfying. It you, was calming. You do love a label. It's like the time I painted the shed. Yeah. Which I refer to as my favorite weekend of all time. Yeah. I was just <sighs> out there. You were in New York. I was. And I was out there just listening to Beatles albums. Yeah. Painting a shed. It was pre-bow. Pre-bow, very calming, very relaxing. I was just had a task and I completed it and it felt really good to complete it. We should give you another task like that. Maybe we'll paint the shed again. That's fun. Uh, Another thought. Schedule time to allow yourself to be all-consumed. Make an appointment in your calendar that is set aside for you to fall down the baby rabbit hole. Give it a specific start and end time like you would any appointment. Do it daily or weekly or for as long or as short of a time as you need. The key is that when the time is up, you stop reading the blogs, the Facebook posts, turn off the podcast, or close down your computer. Then go do something completely unrelated, maybe from the list above. And for couples who are feeling all consumed by infertility struggle in their relationship, make a date together and agree that for that time period, the date there of the date, there's no baby talk. Baby talk is off limits. I like that. My phone's ringing. Uh, your advice to Natasha to find a therapist to talk to while going through this stuff is a great recommendation. Shit's hard. 
And it is so important to have a safe, non-judgmental place to process all the crappy stuff that comes along with it. I highly recommend to any listeners out there who are thinking about seeing a therapist to try and find someone who has experience and specializes in infertility and alternative family building because it really does make a difference. There aren't a ton of us, but we are out there. I keep a list of therapists from around the country and Canada who I've come across in various online settings who do this work and would always be willing to share the contact info of these therapists to anyone who needs it. So please feel free to share my email with anyone that is ever looking. As for my own question, I'm feeling alone regarding one aspect of my infertility experience and was wondering if there are any other women out there who have faced a similar struggle. Wait, can we just pause to acknowledge? Yes. How great these recommendations are. Let us acknowledge. Would you say she hit it out of the park, Dory? Yes, I would. Wow. I would say she knocked it out of the park. That's great. Yeah. She hit a sixer, huh? I love, you know what? I love a, I love a plan of action. You do. You like a list. You like a plan. I like, like I like action items. I like like being organized everywhere but the kitchen sink. You know, the kitchen sink is my um, passive aggressive way of being angry that we don't have dishwasher yeah that's true every single dish in there is from doris freer yep okay hi hi so thank you for that yes all right now on to her own question she's wondering if other women have faced the similar struggle here we go spent my entire 20s and half my 30s being adamant that i did not want to have children I was clear with myself and everyone around me that raising a child was not for me. I thought for a long time that I had just lacked that biological drive that others around me seemed to be so intimately familiar with. Then shit changed. When I was 35, I experienced the ending of a dead-end long-term relationship, and I met who I believed to be the most amazing human being to ever walk the planet, my husband. He was 40. We fell quickly and madly in love and married in 2015, and we both decided we wanted to make a human together. Suddenly, it was no longer a general question in life of whether or not I wanted to have a child. It was now a desire and drive to become a parent specifically with my husband. This changed the entire parenting game for me. We've been trying to have a baby since June, I'm sorry, since January of 2016, and this year we received the world's most ridiculous and biggest crapshoot of a diagnosis, unexplained infertility. Ugh. We just recently completed our first round of IVF in August that unfortunately did not result in a viable pregnancy. Us too. But that did leave us with eight embryos who are currently chilling on ice. Wow, good for you. We are gearing up for a uh, FET in October and hoping that at least one of our remaining embryos will result in our baby. Katie, maybe we'll be in the two-week wait together and we can binge the same show. That'd be great, huh? Cool. Over the past month, I've been thinking a lot about how dramatically my perspective and desires about parenting have changed. Maybe you should do a running diary. What do you mean? In your two-week wait. What do you mean a running diary? Like a running audio diary. Like you grab this and you record. Yeah, I could do that. That'd be interesting for people, I think. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, it also could be something we put out every day. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And you can plop it in the Facebook group or in the Patreon. Oh, shit. Anyway. Uh, sorry. 
I thought you hated the Patreon. Well, listen, if, hmm. it, if it if it keeps Bo flea uh, flea free and our estrogen patch is almost paid for, then we're okay. All right. Over the past month, I love been, you, Patreon. <laughs> over the past month, I've been thinking a lot about how dramatically my perspective and desires about parenting have changed. I went from being childless by choice to becoming all too intimate with the familiar with the emotional roller coaster that is infer- infertility. The grief I've experienced through this process has been enough evidence that I do very much want my, for my husband and I to have a child together. But there have been more moments than I like to admit where I feel like an imposter in the infertility community. Like I'm holding this dirty little secret. That secret. That for a very long time, I wanted nothing to do with being a parent. I hear so many stories about women and men longing for their entire lifetimes to have a child. And I feel guilty that I is not my, that that is not my experience as well. The rational side of my brain knows that this is silly, but it's hard sometimes to ignore these feelings. I have immense and deep empathy for these women and men who have experienced an entire lifetime of desire to want to be a parent or who suffer from, with, from the pain of secondary infertility. But I feel alone in my own experience of swinging so far from one side of the pendulum to the other. Dory, Matt, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this. I'm trying, I'm also dying to know if there are other women out there who can relate and would love to hear from them. Sending you both lots of positive vibes for this upcoming FET. Please tell Bo that our two rescue dogs tell him hi. Hi, Bo. He's sleeping. Finally. Finally. Um... Well, first of all, Katie, thank you for being very honest about something that is probably tough to kind of open up about. Yeah. Second of all, I I don't think I felt quite as extreme as you did. I wasn't like, I'm never going to have kids. I'm adamant about not having kids, but I was definitely ambivalent about kids. Me too. Like... It has not been like a lifetime of longing and yearning yes. for children for me. Right. Um, and even now, I, I really want a kid, but I also don't, I don't think I feel like I will go to the ends of the earth to have a kid. Yeah. I but mean, I also don't know what the ends of the earth are. That's true. That's true. You don't know your limits until you're pushed to them. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to... Uh, I never really thought... I was never really like adamant about having kids ever either. Yeah. Um, but it is like the thing of like when you meet the person you want to have kids with, you're like, oh, okay, I want to like have a family unit with this person. Yeah. And that's sort of what it was when I met Bo. <laughs> I thought I was going to say, don't worry. Just kidding, honey. It was you. Bo's uh-huh. part of that family unit. Yeah. Um, but it was also like, I mean, we wanted, we wanted a dog the whole time. Yeah. But you know, the kid we also wanted yeah. too, but it was a similar situation with you. We were, we we're just like, all right, yeah, this is what we should have yeah, as, a, I just as a child. Kept thinking about Matt. I was like, oh, Matt was Matt will be such a good dad. I will be, except for the catch in the cradle time when he's like, when you coming home, dad? And I'll be like, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. And then he'll say, 
he'll say, I've long, I've long since retired. My son's moved away. Called him up just the other day. Yeah. It's a really fun episode of the Goldbergs where uh, Adam makes a cats in the cradle video to guilt his father. You know, that was a very popular song at summer camp. Oh yeah. To the point where I'm now like, Hmm. Like where we all subconsciously like mad at our parents for sending us away. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is the answer to that question. <laughs> um, but Katie, I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. And uh, you're certainly not, you know, no, I'm, there's no judgment here. No. You know, you're, you're, you're doing what you're doing and, and, and that's okay. I'm also going to posit something else, which is, I think as a therapist, you have, you probably have a very high, um, emotional, emotional awareness, IQ, EQ. Yeah. And so you are empathizing so much with these women who have been longing for this for so long that you are being like really hard on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think like you are allowed to be, you are allowed to feel what you feel. Yeah. You don't have to be guilty about how you felt in the past. Like it's not, no one is sitting here saying, well, well, Katie, actually like you don't get to really want to have a kid now because you didn't want to have a kid 10 years ago. Like it doesn't work that way. Dory, you just hit it out of the park again. Oh, thanks honey. I mean, I could be a therapist. Maybe you could be. I think I would like that. Seems like a lot of schooling. It does. I think that ship has sailed, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do. You have, you have two master's degrees. I do enjoy. Of them are going to help you there. I enjoy thinking about people. <laughs> I enjoy thinking about people. Um, so, Katie, I I think don't be so hard on yourself. Let yourself feel the feelings. Yeah. Don't you're not an imposter in this community. Oh, for sure not. Yeah. None of us is an imposter. Once no. once we are part of this community, we're part of it. That's it. Yeah. You know? It's not like I'm yeah, I don't know. You don't uh, we we It's like Michael Corleone, you know? He was born into the Corleone family and he thought he was out when he went to the army and became an upstanding citizen, but guess what? He was always going to be a Corleone. And every time he's out, they pull him back in. Honey, that's from The Godfather. It's just like that. It's from The Godfather. See, that was a really long email, but it didn't feel long. No, it did not. It was well written and beautifully read. Thanks, Matt. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's from Lauren. Hi, Matt and Dory. Sorry, Dory. This email's from more from Matt. Ha <laughs> ha. Although, I'm a huge fan of yours, too. Oh, thank you. Uh, I read and love Startup. Oh, thank you. Uh, your Nerdist episode is the reason why I dove into the excellent adventure in the first place. Oh, cool. So, really, that first paragraph was for you, Dory. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. Anyway, Matt, you've mentioned that you recently have retaken up drawing. Sorry if you've already talked about this, but I'm curious as to what do you draw? Are they doodles, landscapes, left-handed guitars, bow? Would you ever be open to sharing your drawings on social media? Um, well, see, what I've gotten into drawing, actually, is my... I'm trying to perfect the human head. Go on. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I, I've always, I'm really just like doodling heads, mm-hmm. human heads. Okay. Um, Anyone's head in particular? No, no one's head in particular. 
and sort of just trying to find what my style of drawing is. Mm. You know, when I was a kid, I used to like draw all kinds of Batmans and uh, and Supermans. Sure. A lot of comic drawing for sure. me. I one time drove, drove, drew a very, I would, I would describe it as a very accurate Alex Ross painting uh, that was of Clark Kent. There's this one Alex Ross painting. It's my favorite Alex Ross. We have an Alex Ross hanging in the hallway, honey. Oh, okay. That's cool. with Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. You know the one where Batman oh, yeah, yeah. and Superman it's are right flying over there. Under, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an Alex Ross uh, signed and numbered. All right. Um, but uh, there's my favorite drawing he ever did was uh, Superman ripping off his uh, suit. It's Clark Kent ripping off his suit. And his mm-hmm. glasses, you can see his glasses in his hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's pulling off his suit to reveal the Superman emblem. Anyway, I drew that once. I was really happy with that. It was a big drawing, too. Probably the best one I ever did. Wow. I was in college. Um, anyway, but yeah, so right now, I'm honestly, just, I'm, I just want to get really good at freehand drawing humans. I think you're very talented. And then I'll get into, uh, you know, other, other things. Yeah, sure. I'll figure out how to draw a dog. Um, would I share it on social media? Sure. If I'm ever happy with it. I could just share my doodles, too. Um, you've actually inspired me to retake up drawing myself. Ah, I was a really artistic kid, always drawing, painting, and went off to a lot of art camps growing up. But for whatever reason, I all kind of stopped in high school. After you mentioned that you've gotten back into it, I realized I kind of missed it, right? Have you ever used any online tutorials or books to learn how to draw? I'm looking for more of a drawing foundations type things, not learn to draw X, e.g. cat dragon specific cartoon character etc there's so many resources online that are a little overwhelming though any insight you can provide is would be great here's what i do i have the big ipad um which is great because you can use adobe sketch on it and with the apple pencil it's fucking it's incredible but with the with the ipad you can slide over a youtube video so you can have a youtube video playing in the corner while you have your full Ah, sketch thing going that's cool and what i do is i'll watch those things not how to draw a cat or a dragon or a specific cartoon character but like literally i'll go to the ones of like how to draw eyes how to draw a nose Mm. so i actually do do the specific ones but like very specific Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of like drawing human heads from any angle that's what i'm obsessed with right now do you find it therapeutic yes yeah um he goes outside i see he he goes outside and sits at our we have a like a dining table outside and the patio covered the covered patio and he just sits there and draws and smokes and i also play monopoly a lot out there he plays monopoly i'm also obsessed with monopoly he is i play it on hard against three ai opponents whoa uh my husband is a genius, you guys. No, I'm just okay at Monopoly. Mm. It's really just a key into tricking the dumb AI to trade you into having a Monopoly. It's like, come on, buddy, really? Uh, this is an update from Chris, the guy who is uh, trying to make friends. Yeah, remember you wanted an update from him? I did want an update from him, and I'm glad he's written us. Here it is. Couple answers to your questions in my first email. Matt. I had the same, what the fuck is this? We're supposed to be adults reaction to grown people arguing and ending friendships. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing with me. 
Regarding the five to six podcasts per day, I process payments for an insurance company, so I listen to podcasts and music my whole shift. Oh, that's weird. That being said, uh, it feels odd being fully caught up on this and TNC, Star Trek The Next Conversation. I was getting used to the binge listening. Ah. Oh, sorry you're caught up, buddy. Uh, There's James Bonding to catch up on. Anyway, regarding updates to our search for couple friends. Hasn't gone very far yet. My wife and I took a trip to Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago to see a Colts preseason game. Spent our honeymoon in 2015 watching the Steelers literally beat the shit out of our team. So it was hopefully going to be a lot better this time. Unfortunately, we were turned away at the stadium because my wife's purse was too big. That's crazy. That is crazy. They allow clutch-sized purse or smaller for safety reasons, and we had no idea that that had changed. Uh, so instead, we hit up a bar and drank all night since the tickets were only five bucks and fuck the Steelers anyway. <laughs> and away home, we got into a minor accident on the highway. No! Only, cos- only cosmetic damage to both cars, but it turns out we'd been driving without collision on our cars for six months. Oh, it relapsed, didn't it? So the other car is covered, but we're out about 1600 bucks. Ugh. On top of that, my wife just started a new job after a few weeks out of work, so the money's been tight. Understood. Suffice to say, the past few weeks have been stressful and haven't given us much time to socialize. Well, that is perfectly understandable. That being said, I really appreciate the thoughts and ideas given by you and the listeners. I think I let my anxiety get the best of me at times, so I try to make excuses for avoiding social situations, but I don't take Lexapro just to sit at home and watch TV with my wife, so I may as well get (laughs) off my ass and do something. We have a local events we can get involved in, and my wife has been trying to... to talk me into teaching her how to play games, video, board, and card for a while. I think it's finally time to get out and see what the area has to offer. Thanks for the help. Now it'll just be up to me to stop being a wimp and letting the anxiety get the better of me. All the best, Chris. There you go. It's a good update. Uh, we got time for a couple of more emails. This one is from Brian in Indianapolis. In episode 51, you discussed doing a best of type show. Another podcast I listen to does a year-end best of show where they ask listeners to email their suggestions for the best segments of the year. They ask the listener to provide a time code to make it easy for editing. (laughs) The look Matt is giving me is... (laughs) Well, I mean, the look I'm giving you is one of like, that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. Even to the listener. Yeah. And also, I don't particularly think we have any moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're wrong. Email us your favorite moments with the time code. <laughs> Brian, that's actually a very good suggestion. Uh, from Mitchell. Hey, Dory, my fiance, always interested in becoming a proofreader or copywriter, but family pressure meant she pursued a career in med school, <laughs> but had found it fulfilling. Right? Listen, she made the right choice. Does Do you have any advice for someone who wants to get into proofreading or copy editing industry late in the game? Thanks for an entertaining podcast. Hang on. My fiance was always interested in becoming a proofreader or copywriter, but family he pressure. He says copywriter. I think he means copy editor in that first line. Maybe she maybe he means copywriter. No, but then he said later he says copy editor. Yeah. But family pressure meant she pursued a career in med school but had found it fulfilling. I think she should have proofread or copy edited this email. <laughs> Uh, because I'm curious, is, did she go to med school? Is she, and did she becoming a doctor? Did she not find it fulfilling or did she find it fulfilling? Mitchell, we have so many questions. You have to write back. Uh, Dory, do you have any advice? Uh, yes. Keep, keep reading. Keep reading the next email. 
Ah. Uh, I asked one of the copy editors <laughs> at BuzzFeed for her thoughts, and this is what she's had to say. My advice would be to check out the course offerings on Media Bistro or maybe even locally. Alex Kantrowitz happens to be taking a copy editing course through a community college in San Francisco. I think what people who are new to this don't realize is how much study got and how many, I'm sorry, how much we study style guides, including the Chicago Manual of Style and the AP Style Book, but that will be addressed in a copy editing course. Proofreading, alas, is very much a dying art. So I wouldn't bother learning those symbols. I'm sure what the process was for your book, but a but at you I'm not sure what the process was for your book that is correct that is what was written I read it poorly Uh, but at U of C the authors were responsible for their own proofreading of galleys and page proofs um I mean we were given the galleys and page proofs to go over but there was a copy editor and proofreader who did it also um you want to read this one? Or? I do want to read You do? One. Oh, okay. I saw a lot of uh, buzzwords that get my attention, <laughs> like Gary Clark Jr. And, and Gibson, J45. I almost bought a pre-war one the other day. Anyway, this is interesting. Here we go. This is from Anne-Marie. Oh, no. What if Anne-Marie's person listens to this? Well, then she wouldn't have written in. Okay. Hi, Dory and Matt. I'm writing with a question for Matt as a guitar enthusiast and Dory as the partner of a guitar enthusiast. My partner turns 27 on the 27th month of this month, his golden birthday. And I still haven't settled on a gift for him. He started teaching himself guitar three years ago and loves all things Stevie Ray Vaughan, Gary Clark Jr., and the band. Every time I ask him what he'd like for his birthday, he says a pre-war Gibson J45. I looked at it up and it appears that this particular model costs $5,000. He and I both know that's not happening. I will say, a pre-war banner Gibson J45, I almost bought one for $3,200, and I didn't pull the trigger in time, and I've been kicking myself ever since. Mm. It was a righty that was converted to lefty, and it was refinished. Mm. Um, but actually, a good pre-war Gibson J45 is probably going to run between five and seven, actually. Wow. Uh, I welcome uh, any advice either of you have on a gift for a budding guitarist from his partner who knows little about guitars. He's already had two acoustic guitars, so I was thinking about accessories or something to continue his efforts in learning. My budget tops out at about $200. Loving the podcast uh, from Galveston, Texas, Anne-Marie. So, Anne, for, for $200, if you're thinking about accessories, if he's got acoustic guitars, accessories that I love and have enjoyed for acoustic guitars... Uh, you know, nice gig bags, but if you see a gig bag, you're going to think there's a guitar in it anyway, so that's probably <laughs> out. I don't know how much a used Gary Clark Jr. signature Epiphone costs, but my inclination is that it's not that much. Um, It might be a little more than you want to spend in the 300 to $500 range, but that would be something to maybe give him money towards. Um, and the other thing I was thinking of, if you don't, because he's a, I'm assuming he's a right-handed player, correct or incorrect? Do we know the answer to that? We don't, but I think we can assume. I would look into getting him a right-handed Epiphone Casino, which is what, 
uh, Gary Clark Jr. played on his many early albums. Uh, I'm going to look just, I'm going to take a quick look here for what they cost and what you can get them for on Reverb, a site like Reverb. Okay, here's one right now that I'm looking at. It's a little more than you wanted to spend, but it is an Epiphone Casino Coupe in natural, right-handed. It's a gorgeous-looking guitar, and it's a little smaller than an Epiphone Casino, a smaller body. That's why it's called the Coupe, and it's $325. And I got to tell you, he would fucking be over the moon wow yeah so that's my advice to you you can get a used gary clark uh jr with a bigsby on it for five hundred dollars on on the uh on the old reverb so i would check out reverb and i would take a look and, and think about it It'd be cool if you like bought it for him but maybe you know because it's happening on the 27th this is coming out on the 25th and you're not getting this advice till now it'd be cool if you like bought it for him printed out the receipt and then like gave him that be like look be on the lookout for this so that's my advice on guitars if you want more guitar advice follow excellent pod on twitter you always want to say excellentpod.com i do i can see you wanting to say it uh yeah hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Anything else you'd like to add very quickly, honey? About guitars? About in general to wrap up the show? Um, no, we we have we have an email from Lex. Oh. So I was just gonna... I would have shut this all down. I just so you know, Lex. I wanted to be done with this episode so badly. You're the only person I will allow to so extend this podcast. I'm longer. just gonna read this email from him quickly, no, if you don't it's, mind. It's Lex. Lex gets his time. He's driving, he's he's keeping this country moving. Okay. He says, hey, guys, first off, I made it out of Irma just fine. Good job, Lex. I met up with the storm in northeastern Alabama, and by that time, it had lost most of its strength. Just a little wind and steady rain. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to write in this week as I didn't think I had anything pressing to add to the conversation. (laughs) But as the week went on, I kept thinking about two different emails from two weeks ago and how they sort of fit my own story. Interesting. The first about not wanting kids and the other about how going through the process makes it hard to imagine the eventual goal, actually having a child, seems somehow unreal two points before my story one i realize that this may be sort of a trigger for those trying so hard to get pregnant and don't want to hear right now how a couple got pregnant without really trying but that's how my life has played out and i think there may be something helpful in there okay two the plural of anecdote is not data no that's kind of like what i was saying before Meaning I understand that my experience may not represent truth to someone else. Interesting. I hate it when people represent their own life as the only example of how someone else's will and should be. This is what I was saying about that article. Yes, that is absolutely exactly what also, I was saying. Lex, also, this infertility doctor that I follow on Twitter, or that the, ooh, yeah, that the website follows on Twitter, 
she tweeted the article and she said, please talk to your doctor before you believe things like this. Just because it's online doesn't make it true. Okay. But then she didn't elaborate. Oh, all right. I know. This is a big controversial thing that's happening right now. Very controversial. Okay. Throughout my life, I was sure that I would neither have children or be married. I thought kids were fine for most people, but that I could barely take care of myself. And besides, I was content being a kick-ass uncle who could go home to my own child-free house without any further concern. And getting married was just an outdated idea that I wanted no part of. When I was about 30, my sister introduced me to a friend of a friend over the phone. I had moved to Michigan while most of my family was still in California. And we started talking constantly with me, eventually moving back to California to move in with this young lady. She was just coming out of a divorce and had a one-year-old boy and agreed with me, no more kids and no point in getting married. After a few months, she accidentally got pregnant. We decided to go forward with it. A few months in, I decided to ask her to marry me, not because she was with child, but because it was my way of yelling from the rooftops how much I loved this woman. She said no several times before (laughs) I used her son to help me convince her. I read every book on pregnancy and child rearing I could get my hands on. And as stated before, spent a lot of time trying to come up with the right name. I was very into the idea of having a kid just before the wedding. She lost the baby. Mm. It sucked, but we moved forward with our lives, eventually settling into a routine of being husband and wife and having my stepson every other week. We had, however, stopped trying to not get pregnant. And after, and about a year later, she was again. This time I wasn't as into the research as much as making sure my wife was okay. Mm. She had a very rough pregnancy, bed rest and false labor for the last four months or so. Yikes. This whole time, the idea of actually having a child that was mine to take care of never quite sank in. Even in the delivery room, right after he was born, I was much more concerned with my wife than my new son. It wasn't until the car ride home that I came to understand both how real things had gotten and how much I loved this new person. By the way, I'm picturing Lex right now at a rest stop. Rain's coming down. For some reason, he's got the wipers going on his truck, mm-hmm. and he's just typing, typing away this, mm. this heartfelt story on his laptop. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's no Dr. Pepper next to him. Yeah, he stopped drinking. I know. I'm just hoping he still stopped drinking. It. For those of you interested, by the way, the car ride home is the first time that you are truly on your own and responsible. Wait, did I skip some? Even in the delivery room right after he was born, I was, did I already say that? Okay. The whole, this whole time, the idea of actually having a child that was mine to take care of never quite sank in. Even in the delivery room right after he was born, I was much more concerned with my wife than my new son. It wasn't until the car ride home that I came to understand both how real things had gotten and how much I loved this new person. Mm. For those of you interested, by the way, the car ride home is the first time that you are truly on your own and responsible for the baby. It felt like every car around us was trying to reenact a fast and furious yeah. movie. I'm a professional driver who has piloted a semi truck through blizzards with 70 per mile, 70 mile per hour wind gusts. And I've never been so terrified. Anyway, my point is not just give it time. You'll want kids someday. It's more that you never know how things in your life will change. I loved my single early days, but I can't imagine life without my wife of 15 years or young John Cash, who will be 13 in just a couple months. Side note, he heard last week's podcast and he thinks he's a celebrity now. He is. I know this is John Cash. But thanks, Lex. Lex, don't ever say your emails were long. They're great. Yeah. Uh, Good perspective. Yeah. Coming in from the road. Coming in hot from Lex. Lex. John Cash, you guys are great. Yeah. Sleepy, sleepy Bo. Your wife's lovely too, by the way. Yeah. Just not, you know, I don't want to single out you and Cash. Yeah. John Cash. John Cash. Uh, 
Yeah. All right. Well, that was a lovely way to wrap things up. Yeah, I thought so. So what you're hearing now is either names or the end of the show. We're under such a production crunch that I don't know if we'll be able to get in names. If we do not get in names for this month, stay the fuck tuned for October 1st's episode, which will cram all of September's names in there. I mean, we've done a lot of September's names. There's just a, there's a chunk of them that we haven't done we yet. We have to but do the chunk, but, but we we know you're there. We know you're, you're getting there. a fact yep. and you might be getting one right now. Or if this is ending and I haven't had a chance to record because my schedule is a little wacky doodle, then apologies and hello October 1st. Yep. All right. Okay. Here's the something. something. The end of the show or name. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.